0: You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus.
1: Hello, hello.
2: Hello. Good morning. I uh, moved to Italy and joined Nick and uh, hanging out with pretty women in the park. It's really fun, Chris.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah we, uh, I, I get beat up so fast.
0: <laughs> no, they're I, lovers.
2: I to, where's the pizza? They're,
0: they're, they're lovers, not fighters over there, right, Nick?
1: Yes, and uh, if you looked like this back in the day, Andy, I could get you a modeling gig. This photo back here, <laughs> looking good.
2: Uh, I'm guessing that that is a class we taught on house flipping.
0: That was was that, uh, was that
2: one of our webinars we did, or which was that, or a seminar? Yeah, or what
0: you? you you actually drew that thing too, which I was I was very impressed at that time. I was like never impressed, and then all of a sudden I saw that. And I'm like, God, this guy might know something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny.
1: What's happening in the market? What's hot? What's not? Market segments in Minnesota?
0: Hey, Nick, before that, you are just saying how good Andy looked. You got to remember, that guy was, uh, this guy did like freaking triathlons, and he was mud mud guy, and he was a uh, bike rider. He was, I mean, he was like, a, I mean, you were really into that for a while. Remember? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: but you. I think maybe we should both try it again.
2: Uh, I just, I'm just building up the courage to walk around the block in the evenings with my wife, so.
0: Yeah. We got a good, uh, a buddy of mine who also worked for first American title ended up in, um, Arizona, Mr. Mr. Stensrud, Mike Stensrud. And he, um, uh, he was talking about, you know, they go biking and they bike like 60 miles a day. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think I've biked 60 miles in my life. I mean, I, I guarantee I haven't biked 60 miles in my life.
2: We've gone 60 miles in a car. I'm pretty yeah. sure yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> no, we, uh, my brother used to do these, um, big races up in uh, Northern Minnesota. They're like the Atasca one fifties or whatever. And they'd ride like hundred, 150 miles on their bikes. Insane amount yeah. of biking. Yeah. I, I don't it's know. Crazy. That's just not, I, um, I get why people do it. They're pushing themselves. And that's the, that's the, the lane they pick to do it on. But I, uh, sitting on a seat that long, I'd probably not be able to walk for a couple
0: of days. Yeah, well, for sure. There's some interesting stuff. And if you, you know how they bunch up and go right behind each other. I mean, just like trucks do, you get so much more, um, you save so much energy, I guess. And uh, I I learned all about it, this whole Tour de France thing and all the people that, you know, block off Lance Armstrong the whole time. And then at the end, he's got all the power to be able to go and uh, win it. But it's, uh, it's interesting stuff. I know Mm -hmm. we're, we we do talk about real estate on here, not our fitness abilities, uh, but it's always a good thing. Anyways, I know there's a lot of hot markets that are still happening. What do you got going up in uh, uh, the northern territories, there, Mr. Prasky?
2: Well, you know, no shocker. There's still we're down like 57 percent year over year for inventory. Um, you know, and that that's kind of Twin Cities wide. And so mm-hmm. you're you're. But here's what's crazy, Chris. In the last week. I have observed personally um, some of the prices across the state of Minnesota where I've seen like where last year um, the pricing down in like the Brainerd market got pretty aggressive and and really ahead of itself. And then now this year, I'm watching like the Alexandria market exceeding the Brainerd pricing. I mean, we're seeing no offense to the people selling them, but I'd call a $400,000, $500,000 cabin in a normal market selling for 1.1, $1.3. A million, and they're selling, and they're selling in Alexandria. Yeah, exactly. And and then you go back over to Brainerd, you can find a beautiful Rambler on a level lot for nine fifty, and you're like, boy, that actually seems like a good deal on Gull Lake for nine fifty. And wow. you know, and I'm like, it blows my mind what people are paying right now. And up north, now bring that down to the cities, and and I've got a couple of uh, the the teammates. We every uh, Wednesday we have a team call, so I'm very fresh with listening to all this happen yesterday, and. We were talking about how some of our offers were bidding 57,000 over list price on a $525,000 house. So we're over 600 grand, we're non-contingent, we're no inspection, we're doing appraisal guarantees and we're still not getting the houses. Now, take that same buyer, you drive down the street and this is what, it just gets me excited now. You drive down the street and you can buy that house brand flipping new for about 600,000. With the basement finished, Everything's shiny, brand new, about the same finished square footage. Only thing you don't get at the mature trees. So now the existing market in some pockets have caught up with new construction, which in my opinion is outrageous. And that just goes to show you how outrageous it is. So I'm just waiting to see how these appraisal, um, you know, appraisals start coming back in because I think that's going to be our next wave of, of uh, challenge.
0: But the good part is is that everyone's waving the appraisal guarantee. They have cash to be able to kind of do it. And so then all it's, it's creating our own market. You know, we're, we're skipping the bank trying to determine what the market is and the people are determining it because they're saying, Hey, if that thing doesn't appraise, I'll cover it. But the other thing is you got to remember with that new construction. And I think this is a big thing right now. And with a lot of the builders is when will it ever get done? You know? Um, So it's kind of like, if you want to close in 60 days, or do you want to close in, you know, a year, year and a half, because a lot of the builders are out that far. And, yeah,
2: anyway, Chris, if you're going to get, this is what I'd say, you know, and, and we've talked about this for years. When you start getting into housing, now, at what point do you say new construction is a luxury item? Because, you know, housing right now, we're talking about split entry homes that I can't build them under 400,000 anymore. I mean, okay. and, and you're getting, you know, how much 1,400 square feet. I mean, come on. And you get to a point of where the price is up there. Um. So then most people jump up to six because then you can get 3,000 finished square feet above ground. You get that you know, there's a, uh, the foundation's a foundation. You might as well add another level for 50 grand. And now you have double the square footage. And and so we're seeing people investing a little more to get what they want, adding the sport courts, adding the, you know, all the amenities that they want. And their plan is, yep, they, they almost say, I know I'm overpaying right now, or it feels like I'm overpaying, but we're going to live here for 15 to 20 years. So it won't matter anyway. By the time, you know, overpaying, you know, gets forgiven with markets, you know, eventually 15, 20 years on the road, you're
0: fine. So, and I think it's interesting too. People start justifying the fact that, hey, you know what? That's brand new siding. If I go buy this house, it's 12 years old. I mean, I'm going to probably have to replace that. And you never heard them think like that before. Right. Uh, and, and now they are because what they're doing in their head, they're justifying that, hey, I should pay more now. And this is the reason I'm just kind of paying ahead. It's almost like paying insurance on a car that you're not um, gonna have to worry about anything later on. Brand new car. I've got a yeah. warranty for sixty thousand miles. Um, you know, yep. we have no issues, and that's what people do. And like you said, and I, I think that was a really good comment. Um, when are people going to start looking at new construction? It's kind. It's a luxury, and it is something that is. You know what? Hey, you are going to pay more. There's no question about it. You're going to pay more, but it's done. It's com- it's completely the way you want it. That room is one foot one foot bigger. You know that closet's got the right uh, uh, hanging system in there. It's not like you have to rip off the old one and put in a new one. And everything's done. You got all the right colors. Everything's painted. I mean, there's there's a lot to say about that.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, and Chris, I, I don't I don't know if you've been uh, you know really paying real paid attention to it, but a lot of the the lumber prices that we've all been talking about went up again and to the point of where i've seen builders raise their prices again where i'm saying since the beginning of the year a lot of these big two stories are up $75,000 since january mm. not 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 over the course of 5 years like it normally would be we i've seen those houses jump up 10 15,000 a year you know over the years it, it's jumped 75,000 since the first of the year now i've also got now this is rumor mill but i mean a couple of the other builders in the lumberyards i've been talking with are saying nine of the predominant builders in the twin cities are now to the point of where they're like, listen, we're not taking new orders anymore. And we're going to put, we're pumping the brakes until we get control on our costs because these people are building houses and you're seeing it all over the twin cities. And I I don't need to name the names that people will tell you, if you ask where these builders can't build the houses for what they're under contract for anymore because builders have never seen prices jump like this. It's one thing for a builder to absorb five or $6,000. You start getting up to $25, thirty thousand Now they're not making much or anything on the house, and they don't do them for practice. So you're seeing builders going back to these these buyers that are under contract, asking for increases on their on their price, or they're saying, "Let's just cancel. Here's all your money. Um, let's try again in six months." Which is it blows my mind, but it's it's happening everywhere right now.
0: Well, and here's the thing too is that so what are you going to do about it? That's that the other what part. Yeah, and so the
2: builder doesn't care, and you have no leverage on a builder. The builders are like, "I'm not. I like you, but I'm not going to lose fifty grand on you." So, see you later. Um, You have no leverage. You're you're right. It's tough.
0: Yeah,
1: is Uh, is everything hot? Every segment? Are there any cold segments in the
0: market right now? I, I, you know, I would I would say there's no cold. I mean, there's warm and hot uh, segments, but I would I would definitely not say there's any cold spots. really anywhere even um with everything that's happening uh downtown i mean maybe some of the condos have um you know kind of leveled off but um not but some of them are still really good <laughs> but we, crazy. Yeah, we've
2: got investors going into downtown now and scooping up the deals on the condos waiting yeah. for that market to bounce back too so yeah. you know it's, it's crazy it's like the uh i guess when you say cold pockets you know i think what's what i'm seeing happen is i'm seeing more segments of the market the buyers cool, not the pricing. Um, I'm seeing that luxury retirement product slowing big time. Um, they're realizing there's not a lot of people that want to retire and spend six, 700,000 on a house when they thought it would be 300,000. So those people are staying put in their houses, um, or they're, or they're saying, all right, we're, uh, if we're going to spend this kind of money. We're going north. We're going to buy a lake place. And, and so I'm seeing a migration of people heading north, which is good for all of our buddies up in those, those, uh, resort communities. Um, but they're, they're very specific. It's, it's very intentional. Um, and so I don't know, I, I literally think in five years, you know, bu- cut this soundbite. Um, we're going to be building apartment buildings and luxury homes and not much in between. Um, I mean, when condos and, and townhouses start getting up to 400,000 for a three bedroom, two bath townhouse, that's a row home. People start going, well, you know, um, that's a little bit much for me to invest, you know, I don't know
1: what do you think chris doesn't this inflation inflation hurt the middle class the most too is that what you're saying there'll be the luxury and then the apartments for everyone else
0: yeah i think what everyone tries to do and they think they're um i'll just tell you what the the rich will always stay that way it'll just it 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 will and i don't care what you do there's always loopholes around how they do things and they just change the way that they're doing it so I think you know there's some talk about the 1031 exchange. And you know that whole thing and you know that's basically what you could do is you could take a house here and then exchange it into something here or elsewhere at, at equal or greater value and it's moving your the you know your uh, your assets around but there's a lot of money being made in between there by moving that stuff. Right. But what it's doing it's just delaying your taxable gain and so what you're saying is that hey i've sold this i've made a bunch of money on it but i'm just going to invest it right away again so what's the difference i mean it's been around forever and now they're talking about um playing around with that and modifying it and uh i don't know i just i think you'll get around it
2: but chris you know i've I've been watching these uh my some of the investors i'm working with where they come down to where they're saying i don't mind that prices are high doesn't doesn't bother me a bit because I'm looking at the future depreciation of that asset anyway. I'm looking at it for a tax write-off. I'm moving money from one spot to the other. It's cash flowing, it's making a nice return and I'm gonna depreciate the asset anyway against current earnings that I'm having somewhere else where I don't pay as much tax, right? And it's all a game. Like you said, it's a shell game of moving things around, creating assets that shelter taxes or hide. And so the bottom line is, is that right now, the average Joe investor that's out there saying, hey, I'd like to buy my first rental property and they're saying, oh, the prices are too high. Well, if you're financing that property, it still is a good time to buy from, oh, you're gonna buy one or two, because the rates are so low, there's a gap there. You can make money on the rent. And that that's where most people that think a little, I hate this, I'm not being trying to be mean. When you think a little smaller, you're like, I have a $1,000 payment, I'm charging $1,400 a month, I'm making $400 a month, right? that That's what a lot of first time investors think about. Investors that have portfolios think, I'm buying this asset. It's 450. I'm this year going to take the depreciation next year. And then in the meantime, you know, they're, they're looking at what's their cash on cash returns. So if they're financing it now and they're putting 20% down and they only have 20% in there and the house is still appreciating and they're getting the tax gain, uh, it's, it's such a ridiculous, great investment. It's unbelievable, but there's not a lot of that stuff coming to the marketplace. So now we're starting to get groups together. that want to go build stuff, duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes. But you got to get cities on board to cooperate with you because a lot of cities go, "Oh, that I don't want that in our community." And mm-hmm. you're like, "You got to be kidding me!" Mm-hmm.
0: So, just, Im- anyway. just imagine, just imagine if people weren't doing 1031 exchanges, how much even less inventory we'd have right now. You know, because a lot of those people were, yeah. you know, have been in the investment game for a while, and they're like, "Hey, I could get really good on this. I'm going to take all this and bring it to Florida, and I'm going to go buy something." And so they're selling here, which gives someone else a home. And that won't happen because it's a taxable gain. So you just go to your grave with it and you, you keep uh, getting the income and then you transfer it over to your heirs. So yeah. it's a, it's an interesting game for it, sure. It tight, I the think,
2: market tightens up for sure. You're, you're a thousand percent right. So it's only going to get tighter. So now what?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now what? Let's go to our practical value segment. Some, some positivity. <laughs> some bathroom improvements. I'm going to show you guys some photos and and see what you think about it, if it's smart to add it or what you would do differently. The first one is a little beach lamp. what you would see on, at a shower near the beach.
0: I love it. I love it. That splash of color is super cool. I think it's uplifting, especially if you don't have like windows as well. What What is he doing?
2: I'm uh, working on a, I was trying to take advantage of you not having the camera on me, so that oh. I can adjust myself. Oh, <laughs> okay, Maybe but don't bring you back on camera.
0: Yeah, but that's a that's a sh- super sharp look. Um, you kind of yeah. get like a little a little tile that kind of uh shoots out, but it's not it's not too much. It's uh, a, a cool accent.
2: I like it. I think it's really cool. I like how it's angled, I like the uh shower head giving the illusion of a rain head. Um, you know, a lot of people are asking for the the leg wash like they have down low there, the extra, you know, little uh Detachable thing there, that's cool, and I like that it's clear glass. I like that you know, frameless. Um, nice, nice look, nice touch. Yeah, what would something like that cost
0: to oh. do? Which part, the whole thing, or
1: the the tile and the shower and all that?
0: I mean, if you redid that bathroom, you got 20 25,000. I would say, hi Andy?
2: Yeah, I'd say just that, just that bath tub with the tile and the glass door and everything would probably be about 75 to 8500.
0: Yeah minimum pretty easy yeah
1: this next one is some bold tile and i see things like this all the time in europe really brightens and makes the room pretty crazy
0: i think that tile was really hot um here probably about three years ago don't you think i mean that was used a lot in laundry rooms
2: Yep. Yep. I'm seeing a lot of that kind of still trickling back in. And a lot of times when we're seeing that it's not tile, a lot of times it's vinyl um, that looks like tile. Um, and it just adds a little fun pattern to the floor. Um, I'm telling you, wallpaper is coming back too. And I hate to say that because it's it's crazy, but people want patterns. It, it visually is pleasing to see things that look nice. Like, like, for example, that brick that's in the background or the tiles, um, you're looking at a subway style tile. And it's, it's pleasing on the eye. It's easy. You know, people like it.
0: And it's, and it's uh, timeless. And the other thing is, if you go back to that other one, Nick, um, I think this is an interesting point. If you're going to sell and you're going to redo this to your bathroom, number one, getting the fan, vanity off the floor appears yep, makes yep, the bathroom yep. appear bigger. And number two, with that curtain rod, the black curtain rod and uh, the curtain versus putting in a door is probably going to save you about... $1,500 easily, maybe $1,800. And, uh, and that's a great thing. And then all of a sudden, with that 1500 1800 you grab that faucet mirror and that light fixture, and it totally changes the whole bathroom. Great. I threw this one in because it's, it's similar with the tile, the loud tile. Yeah. I'll tell you another thing people are doing is they're um, taking old tiles and painting them exactly like that, those little those little patterns and not even replacing the tile, but they're painting them and it looks pretty darn good. Yeah. How about the gold? That
2: that also is pulling back that, uh, the, uh, the, the brushed brass, Mm -hmm. um, which is sneaking its way back in. And I just, I hate that crap. I, I just do, I just don't know what it is. I, I don't know. It reminds me, it starts pulling you back into that, like, the the Roman like bathrooms with the gold and the, you know, that, strong wealth and the marbles and i'm just not into that that's not my thing i I can go to caesar's palace once here and get that out of my system
0: here's a here's a marketing 301 thing um for people in this bathroom i mean the first thing that i saw was that rug during photo times you got to remove that rug and then you can probably put it back in uh while you're listing it but um it just is uh it's it's one of those things that when you take the Uh, the focus away from all the other stuff and Andy's obviously got a trained eye and he was looking and found that you know the the gold uh, brushed kind of brass thing but a lot of people can't get past that and I've seen a lot of times where you have like one of those little makeup mirrors that kind of uh, come out of the wall and turn and stuff and they get in the way of photos and um, toilet, toilet paper holders Um, how, how you take photos and how you take angles are so important because everyone's first impression is on the internet and that means it's photo time. So,
2: yeah, they had a nice plant. If you look through, they staged that bathroom, the shower had a plant hanging in it. I'm like, oh, so somebody did walk through there and try to stage that for the photo.
0: You don't have things, uh, growing in your shower. No.
1: Okay. Speaking of that, that's my last one, but I'm going to bring this up now is plants in the bathroom some green
0: Yeah I mean that might be a little much but um at least you can water them right Andy Yeah yeah
2: You uh yeah well that and I want to know how if you're not aiming yourself just right on those wall uh shower heads the car I call them the car wash heads um you're going to you're going to shoot out and hit your vanity Yeah that's that's, a kind of, that's that's somebody trying to show you know app, cool applications looks nice. Is it practical? I eh. yeah. need to add another shower door on there.
1: Yeah, if you're can, marketing, you want to take all that stuff out. You think that's just more for
0: living? I think you can do some of it. You know, when you kind of overdo it, it becomes a it becomes a, a solarium versus a bathroom. But aren't a lot of those bathrooms over in Europe where they're kind of all in one and there's actually a drain in the middle of the floor? So when you shower, it can go splash all over your vanity and everything.
1: Yeah. 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 Lots of places have that.
0: That's interesting. Toilet
1: next to the shower. And lots of places have this,
0: too, a window in the shower. And I like that. I'm a big window guy. I don't know. I mean, you obviously have to have the right um, uh, setup for the window. And I like it so, like, water's not going to hit it you know, I mean, you're going to get some moisture in there, and uh, but I love the natural light in a shower, and I really like that tile as well.
2: Yeah.
0: Andy agrees. They
2: intentionally set it up where they had the tiles that were, you know, pre-sized, and then they didn't match the grout lines. They intentionally made the grout lines between the, the pre-made packs. See that? How it's like, what do you have, five wide and five tall? And that, that that's a piece, and they stick it on, and the Grout lines are a little bigger. I kind of like that. It reminds me of graph paper.
0: Yeah. Yeah, true. How
2: important is light
1: light, light in a bathroom? Like improving the, the light.
0: Huge. Lighting is huge because typically a lot of the bathrooms, especially like the half baths and stuff, um, sometimes you want them uh, a little um, more for, let's just say it depends. depends what bathroom it is. Uh, but I, I'm always a proponent of light everywhere. More lighting, the better. Like this They're one? Great. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I, yeah, tell me what that would feel like going in, like in the morning. I mean, you're revitalized, you're going. I think that would make you feel good, feel happy, and that creates an emotional buy right there.
2: Yeah, it does. It it, it makes you uh, feel that, that sense of um, immediate success or that, you know, I don't know what you want to say, but, um you know your 300 employees that work for you are gonna you know benefit from you waking up and having a a good start to your day you know it's awesome yeah
1: are there any things that are popular improvements for the bathroom that you guys advise against
0: that's popular right now that we've advised Uh, against Um, trendy How about, uh, Andy, how about tub and shower, separate tub, shower, shower, tub together, tub in the shower? Um, what do you think that whole tub in the shower gig? You
2: know, I've actually started to see a movement back towards um, people saying that they want to take a bath, and and they don't necessarily want the jacuzzi. They just want a big soaker tub, and they want to make sure it's big enough to fit um, the whole body in there so you're not, you know, draped over the sides, um, mm-hmm. and and I so I've seen that. Um, but you know, you start adding a tub to a bathroom and just, just adding a soaker tub adds about five grand, you know, and without even doing anything. So and then I've got some people trying to do a combination of a walk-in tile shower with a tub, you know, kind of like they do in these hotels you go to and it's cool, but my God, you, you create a $25,000 shower bathroom room, you know, and then they, they want to add steam to it. And that's another six, seven grand, you know, cause now I got to put a membrane behind the whole thing. And I mean, it's cool. It's just a matter of how much you want to spend on your bathroom
0: um yeah i just i think sometimes when you kind of go get out there um it, it it can eliminate some people and so just depends what you want to do but a lot of people hey that's the way they want to live you know and, and they can really set it apart hey that was that house that had the tub in the shower remember that that was so cool and it's it's a remembering thing so might be well, worth you know, it if you think about it.
2: it for for tight spaces um, I've, I've been trying to do this for for years when I can, but it's it's just so expensive. You know where you have like the end of a bathroom where it's eight feet wide and you want to do a walk-in tile shower on the other side, and you want to stick a tub in there. you have to go like straight at it with the tub. Well, that's fine. Now now take all the walls down. so you have three walls of tile. In the corner over here, you have your freestanding, you know, uh, independent tub. You still tile the whole walls, you put up a glass wall now, you know, like a shower. and you still have the walk- in. So, you have the shower on the one side, overspraying the tub. And then, of course, then I get people saying, well, that'll be just, I'll always be toweling off my tub because of the overspray. Yep. But it also now fits, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Lots, of, uh, lots of good problems.
1: We got the rants coming.
0: I'm talking about agents today and agent communication in the real estate industry, uh, agent to agent, agent to clients, all of that fun stuff. Number one, agents, you have to remember that you represent your client and how you represent your client is how you act. And that's how your client is portrayed through us. And so however you talk to me is how I'm going to think that your buyers are talking to my seller and I'm going to uh, relay that to them. So I think, you, number one, you gotta watch out for that. And the other thing is, is that talk to other agents, call them up and talk to them. It's We have phones, we can use them. I mean, everyone's gone back to, it's like not you can't send a letter anymore, it's gotta be an email. You know, there's, there's emails and there's text, but there's talking. And it's amazing what you find out when you talk to somebody. You know, it's just, so talk. And and we don't, we just don't get enough of that. I've got instances that, I mean, I probably get talked to from agents, you know, maybe um, 10 to 20% of the offers that I get that the agents actually call.
2: Can I throw, I want to throw something out there. So if you're a consumer and you're watching this and you are clicking online and you click and you don't want to bug an agent that, you know, so you just click on, just show me the house and you think that the listing agent's gonna show you the house, which is not the case. So you get thrown into a random wheel, that gets spun out to whoever's up next. Now you're considered to be a lead. So that agent comes out and meets you for the first time in the driveway. They have nothing other than the intent of trying to make you their customer and you show that house, okay? And now you wanna buy it. And that person doesn't know a darn thing about you. You sign agency on the front seat of their car, you sign the offer on the front seat of their car, and now they're supposed to have uh, they're supposed to be your fiduciary, and and walk in in that capacity, meaning they represent you and your best interests, but they don't know anything about you. You've known them for ten minutes. How does that work? And I think that's part of the problem in our industry right now, Chris, is that people that keep saying, "Oh, we want an app, and we'll just go around, and we're not going to be represented, and we want to buy direct and save money." It ends up being more of a nightmare for all the people that are legitimately in the business, not because of the money part—that insignificant. It's more about who's representing who and are they being represented properly and is there good communication like you said Chris because I'm telling you some of these internet companies that are out there and we do it for a flat fee or we'll give you half the commission back they don't care about you they just care about the numbers they're a numbers company they have to get numbers in the door to make their numbers work if they don't have numbers you know which unfortunately for you you are one of their numbers and you don't buy they don't make any money you know on the other hand, if you have an agent that actually you know is working for you, knows you, it's it the offer presented, knows the agent on the other side of the transaction, communicates well, gets the deal done because they're a better communicator. You get the best deal, the best price, the best um, protection by having somebody that's truly in your corner. And I, I, I don't think that'll ever change, Chris. I really don't.
0: Hey, this ben. should be
1: Andy's rant. <laughs> I'm really just going to
0: say that it's. <laughs> this is always so fun when you get him and he gets going and it. But he's passionate about it and he's right. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh uh-huh. We it's gotta
2: ask Andy. coming massive.
0: You know, it says Rooney's rant just because it kind of r- rhymes like Andy's analogy, but uh, I think that uh, I mean that's what this is about. It's kind of be able to throw out stuff that uh, that we see in the industry that's wrong or that we that we believe is wrong, whether or not you believe it or not is uh, up to you. But it's uh it, he's he's right on on that. Hey, let's
1: answer a couple of these questions from Greg, a loyal listener. He always sends in um, questions on Facebook. With okay. skyrocketing lumber costs, do you think many homeowners are underinsured?
0: Yes. Well, I'm sure. Yeah, but I, I don't know if insurance companies are um, uh, looking at that right now. They probably should be. I mean, they would probably um, be. I mean, it would be better for them if they actually raise the The costs on all of the homes you know to get more money but um i mean there's something with insurance that you're covered no matter what um you know on additional cost that it's like hey it'll be rebuilt for you but uh, a lot of people don't have that they have a true replacement cost or there is replacement cost and then there's hey this is what your policy is
2: you know that this is a whole show topic because i think that most people don't understand insurance as much as they don't understand real estate and they go whoever's got the lowest price, and then they realize you know they get in that car accident and they don't have replacement costs, or that you know the company gives them you know what it's worth on the street. Not so now you you don't have a car, or you have to incur, you know, same thing with houses. I mean, and this is a Greg's smart dude, and I'm telling you, the when you take into account, let's say you have your house, you have it insured for 400,000, and the goods inside your house, which a lot of people don't necessarily put a rider on, but you should having a rider on the fact that there's, um, you know, so many items inside your house. So let's say you insure the inside for a hundred thousand. Well, now your house burns down and it costs 800 to replace it. That's what Greg's talking about. And so you should be revisiting with your insurance company, making sure your your coverage does cover what you currently have in that home, if you care. If you don't care and you say, ah, it doesn't matter anyway, I whatever, well, then you're fine. But I mean, yeah, that's a very valid and great point. Thank you, Greg.
1: What do association neighborhoods allow when you have pets?
0: What do they allow when you have pets?
2: Maybe um, the quantity of pets or the size of the pets, like a townhouse or a condo.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean there there's restrictions, obviously. It's typically a number and the weight of an animal uh, in there. And it's usually, it, it calls them out. I mean, whether it's a cat or a dog or a mouse or a snake or a, a ferret. Um, it will call them out that, like maybe only dogs are allowed and under 40 pounds and a maximum of two.
2: So if we had Chris Rooney as a pet, they would for sure kick us out.
0: Yes, yes. They do not
2: yes. allow gorillas.
0: <laughs> it's a big pet.
1: Yeah. Right, let's move on to Andy's analogy: pros and cons of sight unseen offer of a sight unseen offer.
2: Do I confuse you boys? Is that why that picture of her looking at you? you're so smart? Yes. No, she's confused. She doesn't understand what I'm saying. That's what it means. No, I, I tell you what. I um it's a technique. So so uh you know if you're not familiar with what's going on in real estate, it's it's a trend that we're starting to see right now where people are writing offers in what they call a coming soon period. So coming soon uh is a new way for the the National Association of Realtors to control um, you know, uh, not letting other agents like put the inventory out to a private market. They're trying to say, Hey, it's coming soon, but it's coming soon to everybody. So agents see it, consumers see it. Um, there's, you know, basically it, it, it works out to be a, uh, it's supposed to be a fair system. Right. And then on top of that, you actually have, um, agents that will write offers on those houses without seeing the house and saying, I, no inspection, 50,000 over, um, site unseen, um, we'll take it. I got to be honest with you. I had one happen uh, with one of the other agents on our team last month, and we said that we're countering you back with a contingency that you get to see the house before you uh, remove all your contingencies because we, there's no way. I mean, I just can't imagine the nightmares of that deal blowing up. If somebody wants to get out of it, they're going to get out of it. So I want to make sure where there's a will, there's a way. I just want to make sure that they really want it. and They're not just throwing something at the wall to see if it'll stick and then walking from us later. So in that situation, that's exactly what what I would recommend you do is um, wait till the period's over. Or what I always say is like the the day that it lists, the day after five o'clock, say all offers are due at five o'clock. So even if they write an offer site unseen, you just tell them, say, hey, there's a day and a half that we're reviewing all offers that come in. And so you have plenty of time to go see that house, Um, but they're just trying to steal it before it gets on the market.
0: Yeah, and and some seller, I mean, some sellers are worried just like you said that hey you haven't seen it this is going to be a problem later on but i don't know there's a there's a big thing out there um that real estate's based on and it's typically there's what the three things what do they say location 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 and if the house is in a location that these people oh, want sure. and they see the photos of it that isn't um th- that doesn't necessarily mean that hey they're gonna try to they're trying to uh us or do something these people are taking the chance and giving you the opportunity that hey doesn't matter deal's done you can have the deal done right now if if you accept it and so i think sellers um need to kind of know the whole story and that's like with everything and so if you're going to do a sight unseen offer you got to talk to that agent and tell them exactly yeah. who this person is and why they're doing it and well, I, I, um
2: yeah well not only that chris but think about it. we know why they're doing it it's a matter of how serious is their offer so okay no problem. Put $25,000 down, non-refundable earnest money the day it's deposited. Let's do it. And nobody will do it, which tells me that they're still trying to keep one foot out the door. You can always test people by asking them questions. That's what a good listing agent's going to do for you is keep asking those questions and keep making sure the deals that are coming at us are solid because that's exactly what we're just talking about here. These people are just, they're so desperate. They're just trying to get the deals done and I'm all for it. I get it. But just don't, let your client get burned by not protecting them, you know, but that's,
0: but that's the thing. And now here's back to the agent thing is that it's not your decision. you got to give the information to your client and then they make that decision. And and to me, that's what I think people don't do. They get this um, thing in their head. Oh my God, a guaranteed offer is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And if you don't look at it, that means that uh, he can fit in in Italy for sure. But if you if you have this uh, offer sight unseen, you should never, ever um, accept it. And this is the reason why. But you can share that with your seller or your uh, if, you're, if you're, you're not trying to get your buyer to do it. But it's ultimately up to that seller. and It's your job as an agent to show them both sides of it. Because I'll tell you what, when you don't accept that and then they go to something else and that t- turned out to be the better offer and that would have flown through and all of a sudden it falls apart. 30 days later because you took a different offer, you know, you're gonna have some explaining to do. So it's give the information to your seller, let them make the decision. Thank you. Beautiful. Save the best segment for last. I think this did really good last
1: week. You guys dove really in depth on these homes. The first home I'm gonna share is in Par Lake. So you should know all about this, Chris.
0: I should let's hope (laughs) it'll be kind of embarrassing if i don't The devil that's funny i was just looking at that house and i was kind of uh i was kind of surprised by that price then i kind of because i know that neighborhood very well i've sold many houses in that um area and i'm like if that it's not on the if you see the map there it's not on the water side so some of the water side ones are more so it's inside uh so there's neighbors that back up to it and um I know it's totally finished. It's five bedroom four bath, but uh, I mean, those things were going, I mean tops at four ninety nine before. but you also look in um, prior Lake right now between five fifty and six fifty because I'm looking for someone right now, there's five homes available. There's five, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, three of them are are new on the market, and two of them have been sitting for a little while. And that doesn't I don't count new construction in um for spec homes just because, if you're gonna do new construction, it's just a I mean it's it's definitely something that's there, but it's like you can't get in for over a year. So for certain clients, that's just not an option for them, yeah. uh, in which to be able to do it. So um,
2: well, this is this is a great example, Chris, of the inventory we're seeing up in the North Metro too, where that house lists at 560 and it sells for six ten and has a guaranteed mm-hmm. offer on it. And they do the, you know, the or the guaranteed appraisal. Um, even if it doesn't appraise, they pay the difference in cash. And that, that buyer that's in that bucket right now is, is the ones that are doing all the crazy stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna go through these photos. You guys stop me when you you see something you want to
2: point out. The patio would be icy with the uh water dripping on
0: it. Yeah, it's a walkout with a nice deck, so that's good. Yeah. Hot tub level yard. Yep. Yeah. So it looks like oak huh, Andy. Modified two yeah, story, Modified
2: two story, which is cool. Though, see that what's cool about a modified like that is you get one side of the house that's like rambler, the far left where the TV and the fireplace mm-hmm. is. So you get that fun ceiling accent, and then you get the efficiencies on the other side of the house with the two story. So you stack, you know. But you get a smaller can, basement and a smaller yeah. upstairs, but that's alright.
0: Some other things you can do, like on this house, that might uh, give it a little more 2020 feel is that mantle around the fireplace is to paint that. And it's like you don't have to paint all the other woodwork, but if you paint that, it just kind of gives it a little uh, different feel. And if it was black, I think that would yep. look really good. I
2: just was thinking the same thing. Yep.
0: So those floors look nice. Yeah. So see how that would stand out, though? And then you got to get rid of those shelves next to it. Yep. OK, here, here's another thing. So that end table, that coffee table right there uh, next mm-hmm. to the couch, that's got to go. You just get that out of the way. That's how we live. It's not how we sell. And it makes it bigger. That's right in the walkway. And if me and Andy are walking next to each other, Andy's going to end up sitting in that little rocking chair on the right because we're going to bump into each other.
2: <laughs> One gorilla at a time, please. <laughs> That's nice. That looks like nice uh, cabinets. Nice uh, looks no, like for my- me, that they'd have Formica tops in that house.
0: But you know what? When they did, when they threw that backsplash in, yeah, some people are doing yeah. that where you're spending fifteen hundred dollars versus five thousand dollars, and it kind of gives you that kind of same feel. But you know, there's a house that you couldn't get over five hundred before without granite, and uh, this this one will sell. I mean, that's a good look. Um, what do you, what do you think those cabinets are? They look uh, like a a darker
2: maple. Huh? They're either poplar it's, or they're a maple. It looks
0: tree. like maple. Yeah.
1: So, Chris, I mean, you've been doing real estate in Parlake for a long time. Has there ever been a point there's only five homes available?
0: Yeah, for the last about a year. <laughs> I mean, it's gotten – but never before that. I mean, you don't – that never happens.
2: Uh, I'd be upset, though, if I spent a half a million bucks on a house, or 600 by the time they bid it up, and you don't even have the solid surface countertops. But yeah. you get, it used to be – the number used to be 350 in my head. Anything over 350 has to be fancy. Now it's anything over five hundred has to be fancy. So when I start looking at houses and people are saying now oh, I want $600, 650, I start looking for those amenities. I start looking for tile floors. I start looking for the solid countertops, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Totally. This next one is in Bloomington.
0: Bloomington. Tuck under garage. They went a little contemporary look there. Um yep. that's a that's a really good area where that one's sitting but uh i think that that black with the white i think is just and then they carried it through to the house i think that's a, a fancy that's probably a flip or a turn renovation. yeah exactly flip. yeah
2: you can also see that they enhance some of the photos really nicely too where the front photos of that house actually have the um you can see into the windows um some of that's done intentionally with computer um editing and Makes it look nice. The only thing I'd recommend is that they would have black topped the uh, or re um, you know, uh what do they call that? Steel coat. painted, painted the driveway up. Steel so, coat, yeah.
0: But you can see where they did the mulch though. The mulch yep. really helps, but look at the lack of plants in there. This is yep. no question uh, a flip. They tore I would out think all the that crap. house a
2: little farther to the right, too. Like the picture, I would have I would have put that tree right between the front door and that window. Um, see stuff like that bothers me. I because I look at that stuff. You know,
0: there. yeah, yeah. you can't see the matching shutter, I agree.
2: Mm-hmm. Nice. nice. That's the biggest,
0: usually the biggest issue with split entries that people have is that area, it's the foyer. Look, like they got the double uh, glass doors in to kind of give it a, a bigger feel. Uh, there is a closet off of there, or maybe that goes to the, no, the garage would be a tuck under, so there is a, a closet there. Sometimes opening that up and just putting a bench in there is uh, it'll make it feel a little bigger and uh, help you with the sale. And then they obviously did do railings, and by opening up those railings, if that's a sheetrock half wall, you know, it doesn't look half as good.
2: Well, let me let me give you a quick um, the listener. Like, you take that front door now and lift it up, and you lift it up to the to the level of the front of the, the upper floor. Yep. And now you, ladies and gentlemen, have a rambler. And a lot of people don't realize that because they think of it as a split, and it's like a lower-quality house. People that live in splits usually love their splits because they, they it's easy living. It's all one level. Bedrooms and bathrooms and great rooms and kitchens are all in the same level and you have a full basement. Um the stairs though, going down, like you said, is the only reason why they did that, they pulled ramblers up out of the ground, is because the water tables were higher or they didn't have enough dirt on site to make a full basement walkout. So they take and they they've designed splits, pull them up out of the ground, and now they're like, hey, instead of a full basement, let's stick the garage under there. Now you can put that house on a narrower lot. So you think about the logic behind or the practical part of these house designs. Um, you know, it, it's it's I, I don't know, I, but people, I've always had people love splits. They just, when you say it initially, they go, I don't want to split, but yeah. splits are nice. I mean, look yeah. at that great they, kitchen.
0: Yeah, they justify, they justify the foyer. If the foyer's decent, then they'll justify it versus a, a, a rambler because you're also paying a lot less for a split entry typically. But this one's some new sell.
2: ones. We're building some new ones down in Farmington that are in the mid four hundreds, Chris. And they have the big two story vaulted open foyers with lockers, and you know the hallway going to the garage and the hallway going downstairs. They don't feel like a split, and and we're selling them like hotcakes, and people love them. So whatever hotcakes are.
0: This this house will sell very quickly. Just so just so everyone knows. I like the you gray island, there. that
2: looks cool. Yeah. Very nice, great right. job, whoever did it. Perfect,
1: our last home. Let me
0: share my screen. Yeah, and Andy's background, what the heck is that? Looks like stitches under his real estate.
2: That is, um, where is that? That's the window. Oh, that's so the shit, But you kept, you kept pointing it out, so I stopped playing with it.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> this one is in St. Paul okay what part
2: of st paul i
0: don't know what's it look like there on the map i don't
2: know how many houses it look like that in downtown st paul
0: yeah exactly it's probably south st paul anyways yeah it's not downtown that's for sure but uh that's a a, a i mean a three car garage and that's a that's a nice thing there yeah so so what are we thinking uh what three thousand square feet Let's kind of check that inside. There's a concrete driveway. Always looks rich. It cool. kind of looks like this sits up a little higher.
2: Yeah, they did a nice job on the brick on the front. Nice looking house. Yeah. I'd probably update those. Those right there, the coach lights. They can put those back on their buggy. Um, put something it's, decent on there. You know, like you, right and, now the the my uh, neighbors, um, which are also relatives of mine, just redid their coach lights on the front of their house, and they did a like the black frame. Um, very like the interior lights that are hot right now, and they look really nice. That would look on really this house.
0: We have a lot of people just spray paint them. If you take yeah. the time to spray paint those wet ones, it totally changes it. You turn it black, and it just makes it a lot richer. Yep. Because that concrete's in good uh, shape.
2: This is so. one of those houses that's in great shape, but everybody walks in and goes ah. And I'm telling you, the oak—it just they—it's it, a battle, man. It just Sometimes dates your it house too much. Yeah. Some don't
0: care, right? Some do. Yeah. See, I, I don't. I don't think that. Go back one. I don't think this picture to me is a is beneficial to have. It makes both rooms look small, long, and thin. Yep. You know, and then that's your that's your first impression of what it is. Versus, I mean, as we go here, we'll probably have some pictures that might depict this a little better.
2: What do you think about those railings in the houses? See, we take but- a lot of those out.
0: Yeah. yeah, but sometimes you're dealing with carpet and you can't. And right. uh, but yeah, that I mean that that just screams about 1994. Do you think? Yeah, I wonder when Definitely. this one was built. But if if that's me in there, I'm getting them to take out that table and everything. Uh, not the I table, the back table. You know that area. It's too much. It's
2: you I mean, see, so you can't walk by it. You have to go to the right to walk by the table and you're right i I always say to people you know if you have a window in a room people always seem to naturally walk towards the window to look out i don't know why they just do and and so you know i do every time
0: but you know what that one's only that was penned at 440. i mean you i mean it just depends what you want i mean that that would sell all day long and so it did you know so that here's a great example everyone says you better have stainless steel appliances you know I mean, now, nowadays it's people justify and say, you know what, I'll buy new appliances. Let's look past that, I can get new hardware there. But if, if you wanted to kind of play this up, if you did the stainless with the backsplash and new hardware, you might really um, uh, put that price at 475.
2: This house is antique though. If you look at this, they're pretty ballsy. They still have the white handle poles on there. And, you know, back in the day, like if you look at the backsplash, um, the uh, there, see how it has the exposed wood on yeah. the back, so they've got for yeah. there, and they probably have the uh, what was that? The, the
0: uh, late 80s, early 90s, that's what it Corian, was.
2: The Corian, Corian. Island, how about Corian, that yeah. flashback, huh?
0: Yeah,
2: Corian was the oh, we want Corian before we said granite, and you know, uh, now it's Cambria or whatever. Quartz, Corian yeah. tops were the big deal back then. Look at that, huh. Freshly vacuum. Yeah, that's, that's not, a, I, yeah. Hollow doors with the, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to insult them. Good for them. Hope they sell it.
0: Well, I did. It says it's pending at, yeah. at that dollar amount. So. Well, yeah, I
2: mean, they, they had to sell it at a fair price. That many that's square the, feet, though, if it was updated, would probably be a hundred grand more, you know?
0: Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. I mean, you, you just, you said it. there's 3,200 square feet with a three car garage and a concrete driveway in St. Paul. It uh, looks like a nice kind of wooded lot and uh, you could probably have, uh, though this is very nice and you could sell it, but this is one that probably could have been raised up with not that much money.
2: Right. Yep. Yeah, it just screams remodel me, but.
0: Yep.
2: What, it, it's what, hard what though, are the man.
1: top three things you would do to raise that value and how much money would you put into it to get out of it, do you think?
0: The last one? Yeah. I would have. I think I would have concentrated on that kitchen, and then I would have get got stuff out of there.
2: Hardware. I would have replaced all the door pulls. Lighting uh, probably. Light appliances out, and then I would have uh, done solid countertops in there, or something like that. I, but I can't really tell the floors. The floors look freshly vacuumed. I mean, good for them; they're clean. But I don't. I can't tell what the condition was based on the photos. So Otherwise, I, I could.
1: You say fifty thousand dollars into it, and how much you think you get off that return?
2: Oh no, I no, I didn't say fifty. Hard, hard hardware is a couple hundred bucks. Um, couple hundred.
0: Uh, so. It's way more than yeah. that.
2: Aren't they like three bucks? Well, whatever. I mean, five bucks a pole.
0: Five bucks. Well, yeah, five bucks a I'm pole. I'm doing
2: new construction, so I'm seeing poles for two dollars. I mean, they're yeah. you know. $3. Let me ask you this,
0: Andy: Are you just talking about the cabinets, or are you talking about the doors and everything else?
2: Yes, I would do. I would do all the hardware first in the kitchens and the bathrooms. Um yeah. if I had the budget I would also do the doors. But then you start getting into where you do, do you do the hinges or not? And then so what I've seen some people doing is painting the hinges like which is not a dumb idea. I mean it's probably not a permanent solution, but they paint it to match. So they leave the hardware in there on the hinges. And then um you know uh, the oak I think I would just dress it up. I don't think I would I would um try to replace it. It's too much. You you'd have a a I don't know. And I would just try to eliminate, I know it sounds funny, but I'd eliminate the brass because even though brass is coming back in on the million dollar houses, it, it's still not cool on the existing houses. It just makes it feel like you haven't updated that house in, in 30 years. Yep. Is that three?
1: That's three.
2: I can keep going.
0: 100,000. Oh, you you would put 100,000 into it? No, I just added Andy's up. that was 100 grand. Oh, was no. a, i was no. okay i would, i would have i would have gone uh like andy said on those lights on the outside i would have painted those black um i would have uh get done played with that kitchen for sure i don't know how far i would have gone i would have definitely gone with the hardware and at least a backsplash on there and then i would have gotten i would have taken all the drapes down and then gotten a lot of extra furniture out of there that that office had two separate desks in it um i you 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 put one desk, you know. You don't think, hey, there's no other room for a second office, so y'all have to be cuddled in this room. And you got to let them think of that. You don't show them that. You got to let them think that, geez, I can work out on the kitchen island. It's a huge island. It would be great, you know. Versus, hey, how are we going to talk on the phone? So just little subtle things like that.
1: Cool.
0: Term of the day: adjustable rate mortgage. Doesn't happen much anymore. I mean, with the low interest rates right now. I mean, when the rates were higher, uh, adjustable rate mortgages were good because you had a, a lower payment, and you could kind of uh, go up and down with what the the market uh, dictated. But uh, now, with the great interest rates, people are locking in and wanting to keep those for thirty years.
2: Correct. Agree.
0: I think that's our thing. Beautiful.
2: Yeah, that that's uh you don't even see people asking. It usually what we see, you know, Nick, is the people saying, Hey, I want to do a 15 year or a 10 year or you know, things like that where they're shortening the terms. Um, but they're trying to take advantage of those ridiculously basically free money rates.
0: There, there's some there's some um what they call adjustable rates, but they're like balloon payments. They're like seven years it's fixed and then it can adjust after that. You see that a lot in the upper bracket homes because a lot of those people are maybe transferring and moving out. So they want the lowest rate, but they're they're hedging their bet that they won't be there longer than seven years. And if they do, then it's just an adjustable rate, but a way in which to qualify for a little more, more likely, and then keep your payment down. Yep. What do you guys got going on these next couple of weeks? We got lots of listings coming on uh, coming to the market. Some of the uh, the bigger stuff is finally arriving. People are getting all their stuff done and uh, gonna have some uh, some real good ones coming.
2: I do too. I've got uh, same challenge. I think that the buyers or the sellers they get their houses prepared to sell, just taking them a little longer, and they're thinking it's a spring market because of what when they look out the windows, they see the trees budding. And you and I start seeing the spring market hit us in the middle of the winter which is february march april right so now it's like the may june july and generally this time of the year we're hitting the tail end of the spring market so those of you that are you know selling houses with lots of bedrooms that have little people that fill those bedrooms think about schools they want to be in there by august end of august so you got to really time that you got about a 60 day window to get your house up for sale um to hit that buyer um where they want to where they want to be um and, and it's not a perfect world some people can do yeah. temporary stuff but if you want to get a premium price, you want to make it easy for them, people say, oh my gosh, it'll be easy. The kids will be in school. It'll be perfect. And they'll pay more.
0: Yeah. True.
1: In this crazy hot market, is this how you guys feel? You're devious, ready to attack it? Like Chris here? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Oh, it's wait, kind wait, of. Wait. Yeah. I remember weird, when I yeah.
2: was taking those pictures, Chris, you were doing something for your website. And you said, yeah. well, Try to make me look natural. And I and, and that one it was about the most unnatural. You're like, I just stole the pie off the fridge, you know?
0: That's like when Andy's clients are writing an offer on one of my listings. It's kind of like, okay, <laughs> here we go. Oh, boy. <laughs> We've never done a deal together, have we, Andy?
2: I don't I don't think so. Now we're on, across the
0: table On the other though. side. Isn't that crazy?
2: Well, there's 20,000 of us out there, you know, or yeah. 22,000. We've,
0: pe- we've referred people back and forth because of different sizes of the of the uh, metro, but um, we've never had, like, gone against each other. So well, one, if, one if day.
2: You've been the king of Prior Lake for, I don't know, for years. and So I always say really? I got a, I got a, a client that wants to buy on Prior Lake. I'm like, we're going to have Rooney do it for us. He, he's got the, his thumb on the pulse what's going on, and here you go, you know.
0: Yeah. Every once in a while.
2: I'm surprised you haven't referred any buy builds to me. Buy builds? You know no uh, buyers that want to build.
0: Right.
2: Maybe you should focus harder on how to how do we make Andy more money? Yeah, totally. and that would be really nice of you to do that. That's
0: Anyways. that's what I'm doing the next two weeks, Nick. How to get Andy more money. <laughs> hey,
1: if you guys missed the live stream, don't forget that we stream on Spotify, iTunes, our RSS feed is anchor.com. Um, yeah, share the episode. Make sure to leave a review if you can on iTunes. That really helps out. And send in your questions because we're always answering them.
2: All right, guys. Thanks,